podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On the Monday after the weekend where Liverpool beat Norwich and Spurs beat Manchester City to give us what may actually be a real title race. So Liverpool beat Norwich 3-1. It was a strange game. We had a weird first half where we were very much on top but very much disjointed. Without Trent in the team, there was a lack of creativity. Jurgen Klopp made a lot of changes to the team. He changed the entire midfield. He started Luis Diaz on the left wing and Sadio Mane through the middle. Joe Gomez came into the team. Costa Simicus came into the team. And Joel Matip obviously was in next to Virgil van Dijk. So a lot of changes. Only Alisson, Virgil, Moe and Sadio keeping their places from the intergame with Sadio changing position. So... A lot of changes, it was to be expected that it would be a little bit disjointed, and that's basically what it was. It was great to see Joe Gomez back. First start in a long time in the Premier League, I believe since November 2020. So really good to see Joe back, even if it isn't right back, which obviously isn't his preferred position or the position where we'd want to see him. But I thought he acquitted himself well. Doesn't offer what Trent offers in attack. But defensively, he played well. Joel Matip, I thought, had another shaky game. Similar to Burnley, similar to Leicester. Just looks a little bit out of sorts defensively at the minute. Virgil was Virgil. And Costas came in for Robbo. And, I mean, it is basically swapping out the same parts. Robbo does an exceptional job. And Costas does an exceptional impression of Robbo. So you have to be happy with with him there and, and the way he's progressed this season. Ox started on the right side of midfield, did not have a good game. Unfortunately for Ox, he's the type of player that needs a run of games to get himself into form. And he hasn't had that recently. And this just wasn't a great performance. Henderson in the number six position, not great for for the first hour. Not bad, but not great. But once Thiago came on, he improved massively. Naby was the best of the starting midfielders for that first hour, but the team did improve when he went off. So Jürgen did get the changes right. On the hour, he brought on Divock and, and Thiago for Ox and Naby, and it worked very, very well. Uh, in the front line, Mo just tormented them all day long. An absolutely fantastic performance. Brandon Williams went home with twisted blood. 
Sadio got himself a goal. Played quite well. Takes a little bit of adapting to that role. He'll need a couple more games there if it is something that's going to be seriously considered. But all things considered, I thought he acquitted himself quite well. And Diaz then starting on the left. On the ball, things didn't work out all that well for him for the early stages of the game. But his work rate, his off-ball work was sensational. Uh, his willingness to track back and press and do all the different things that Jurgen wants his wide forwards to do was very, very good. Off the bench, obviously, as I said, uh, Thiago and Divock came on. Taki Minamino made a late appearance, replacing Diaz. We did go 1-0 down early in the second half. A fluke goal. Rashika with a fairly tamely struck shot that Alisson would have dealt with very easily. But it's a lazy leg out from Joel Matip. It's a big old deflection. And in it goes. But once the changes were made, <clears throat> the game changed straight away. And Liverpool began to pile the pressure on. And it resulted in a Sadio Mane overhead kick. He's been trying this for a while. And one finally came off. And it was well deserved. Three minutes later, they're on the attack. Alisson gets possession of the ball. Long kick over the back of their defence. Salah into it. Brilliantly, brilliantly weighted by Alisson. Put it in an area where the defence couldn't get it and the keeper couldn't come for it. Salah drew the keeper. Went past him to his left. Salah's left, keeper's right. And you felt like maybe the chance had gone when he turned back. Went by the keeper again. And then rolled the ball past a despairing Grant Hanley who was heading off to check on the corner flag or whatever it was he was doing. Diaz made it three on 81 minutes. Really good possession football from the Reds. 34 passes, a couple of them sloppy. Joel Matip in particular had one sloppy pass that Joe Gomez had to bail him out of. But we kept possession. We manipulated the defence. Thiago was at the heart of it. The ball found its way to Henderson. Norwich's defence was shifting to one side and then trying to shift back. Henderson played the ball through the crease. Diaz ran onto it. Brilliant ball. Exceptional first touch. Brilliant finish. Tremendous first goal for Luis Diaz. And it's great that he has that off his back now. He doesn't need to worry about that now. There'll be no, oh, he hasn't scored in this many games. He hasn't taken this long. It's not going to be like a Sancho situation or anything of that nature. He's off and running now. And that will do wonders for his confidence. You could see how much it meant to him. You can see how much all of this means to him. And the effort he's putting in is what will earn him the plaudits. I've said before, yeah, fans love the goals, the assists, but what will really earn him a place in the hearts of Liverpool fans is the work rate, the effort he puts in off the ball. And he did that all day. For me, Thiago was the man of the match because without him, I think we probably get a draw. I think we come back and get a draw. I don't know if we win that game. But when he came on, everything changed. And performances went up a level. The team made more sense. Salah won the man of the match, and you can't really argue with it. He was brilliant, but Thiago made such a difference. We're such a different team when he's on the pitch. Into Sunday then, obviously, 
we're all watching Man City versus Tottenham and Tottenham come away with the win. And now the gap in the Premier League is six points. And we play Leeds midweek in our game in hand. So if we win that, the gap is three points. And in all likelihood, we will have a superior goal difference. At the moment, they have a two-goal advantage on us. But if we win that, you would guess we'll win it by two or more clear goals. And then it becomes very, very interesting. Both teams will have played 26. Both teams will have 12 games left. And you start to look at fixtures. And Liverpool's next fixture after Leeds will be West Ham at home. West Ham are a good team. You'd expect us to beat them at home. Then it's Brighton away. You'd expect us to get the win at Brighton. Arsenal away will be difficult. Then it's United at home. And then it's Watford at home. So that's five games. A couple of very difficult ones. But if we can win all of those five, we head into April 9th. Three points behind City. Assuming they win every game. So their schedule's also not easy. They've got Everton away. They'll win that one. Then it's United at home. And I know United aren't great, but it's still a Manchester derby. Then it's Crystal Palace away. That's a difficult one. Brighton at home. They'll win that. Burnley away, they will win. But Burnley look good at the weekend and Burnley are going to be scrapping for every point. So they'll get a game that day. But the expectation would be that come April 9th at the Etihad, City will go into the game with a three goal or with a three point advantage. And the title may look to be decided that day. If they win, it's over. We're not going to make up six points through the last six games. Their last six games are fairly straightforward, bar two. They've got four fairly simple games and two that will be difficult-ish. If they've got a six-point gap, you'd fancy them. But if it's level, then things are interesting. Our last six games, Villa away. Everton at home, Newcastle away. That's three you'd expect us to win. Tottenham at home. Southampton away, Wolves at home. So our two toughest games will be Tottenham and Wolves, but both of them are at home. Whereas for City, they have Wolves away. They have Watford at home, Leeds away, Newcastle at home, West Ham away, and Villa at home. So like us, they've got four easiest games and two difficult ones. But both of their difficult ones are away from home. Wolves and West Ham. Ours are at home. 
Tottenham and Wolves. Now, of course, Wolves could still be going for a top four finish on that final day, as could Spurs when we play them. So they'll have a little bit of extra motivation, but the same goes for City playing Wolves off the back of us when Wolves will definitely still be in the mix for Europe. That West Ham game, West Ham will be in the mix for Europe. Overall, their schedule is slightly easier than ours. But if you look at the difficult games, outside of the game against each other, Liverpool's are all at home. West Ham, well, Arsenal is the away one. But West Ham, United, Tottenham, Wolves. And then that one game away to Arsenal. Cities, United's at home. But those other two are away. City do have the easier run. There's, there's just no, no way around it. They do have the easier run. We play a lot more teams in the top half than they do. They've got relegation father. We've got teams aiming for top four. We play, we play all five teams who are in the mix for, for the fourth place in the league. They only play three of them. But all we can do is win our games. It's as simple as that. All we can do is win our games. If we win our games, we give ourselves a chance. If we don't, then we don't. There's still three other trophies to go and try and win, including next Sunday. But there is a title race, and City will start to feel the pressure. And if if somebody can take something from them before we play them, if United could get a draw before we play them, that could be massive. We just need to win our games and hope that City make a mistake somewhere. They've made some mistakes this season. They've lost three games. We've only lost two. Our issue has been we've drawn too many games. We dropped a lot of City points in the first half of the season. Games we should have won. Games we were clearly ahead in. Games we were clearly the better team in. We have to hope that doesn't come back to bite us the way it did in the 18-19 season. As things stand, City's maximum points is 99. Ours is 96. So we need them to drop points, be it against us or otherwise. If they lose to United, all of a sudden a draw with us isn't a bad result for them. They've got to, they've got to ensure that they don't drop more points because they know that we're capable of putting together a run. We haven't necessarily shown it all the time this year, but right now we're showing it. Right now we're proving we can match pretty much anybody. It should be a fun, it really should be a fun, um, a fun end to the season. Both still in the FA Cup, both still in the Champions League. There is a scenario, unlikely as it is, there is a scenario where we could play them in the Champions League 
on like the 6th and 12th of April with the league game in between that and an FA Cup game, the semi-final on the 16th. That will be four games against City in a row. If that happens, the world may end. You can be certain social media will be shut down. To go around the main Liverpool websites then to wrap up, uh, this is Anfield have plenty of post-match coverage from the weekend and also a look at the remaining fixtures in the title chase. Liverpool.com, uh, lead with the story, Liverpool set to look look at 36 million next Diogo Jota as Thiago and Fabinho spark transfer frenzy. Uh, let's have a look then. Matt Addison is the author. Jared Bone and Rafinha are the players he's talking about. Jared Bone will cost an awful lot more than thirty-six million. Rafinha, though, would make all the sense because he could be the starting right side at eight and a backup to Salah in that right-sided forward role. Rafinha does fit the bill um, for what we need. Liverpool breaks strategy to win Barcelona free transfer race as Steven Gerrard eyes 30 million Reds man. Uh, this is the media digest piece. Uh, Pep Guardiola targets huge points hole, blah, blah, blah. Uh, this is nonsense. Uh, Joe Gomez is Steven Gerrard's top target for the summer. And uh, Marcelo Brozovic is the player. He won't be signed. That will be absolutely ridiculous. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain could make unlikely move for Jurgen Klopp to redirect his career. Um, I mean, the unlikely move, I suppose, is to write back just anything that would really make sense for Ox. Few of the bits and pieces there. Check out liverpool.com. And on anfieldindex.com, there are a few different pieces. Uh, observations 3 1, Liverpool 3, Norwich 1. What a difference a day makes. Uh, this piece was written by Adam Patrician. Check that one out. The Curious Case of James Milner, written by Stephen Smith. And Dan Rhodes has put together a piece based on some of the bits said on post-match raw about this weekend's game podcast wise there are loads and loads of podcasts coming your way so the positivity podcast is out now ai scouted will be recorded this afternoon and be out this evening uh, that's ahead of the Leeds game the desi podcast has been recorded today there's a new king and ai on the way eddie gibbs and jim Bo- and jim boardman talking to kenny dog leash about his experiences in the League Cup. There'll be an Under Pressure recorded tonight, probably out afterwards and then tomorrow. And then it looks like Molby on the spot will be recorded today and hopefully be available to you for tomorrow. And that is it, folks. That's me for today. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. 
and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.